welcome everybody. Today we are live from the Mac Robinson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia, and you are listening to Be Like Her Live on MacRob Live. I'm your host today, Ilu, and my co-hosts are Casey, Jasmine, and Ria. Today we are joined by sports commentator and podcaster Anna Harrington. Hello, Anna. Thanks for taking your time to join us today. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very honoured to be on. Yeah, so we were just really curious about what led you to pursue like this journey um, and this career in media since you're such a well-respected like sports commentator now. No, thank you. Um, I think not everyone knows exactly what, as you guys would know, you're in, you're in school now. It's um, not everyone knows exactly what they want to do straight away. Um, I sort of decided I wanted to do journalism probably at the start of year 12, actually. So um, not not that early. Some people, I think, know what they want to do when they're about five years old, but not me. Um, I was sort of looking at uh, whether I'd want to do medicine or something sciencey, or wasn't really sure, to be honest, what I wanted to do. And I was doing a lot of like chemistry and physics and maths, and then sort of decided around year 11, 12, that actually I preferred writing a lot more. I liked you know, history and international studies and all that. At the start of year 12, I went to the Careers Expo that, um, yeah, that I'm sure everyone's familiar with, those sorts of things. And there's actually a bit of a um, presentation from the age. I went and had a chat and managed to somehow talk my way into getting offered some work experience. And from there, I think um, I was a career counsellor's nightmare. I pulled out of chemistry and ended up doing um, English literature instead. And yeah, focused on all those subjects and... Yeah, when I when I got through my year twelve, I went and studied journalism at RMIT, and yeah, from there I, I always loved sport, and yeah, I sort of ended up drifting that way. I think you always um, sort of get attracted to the things that you care about and that you're interested in. So yeah, that's a that's a short bit of it, and I've yeah been working in sports media as a worked in social media, worked as a journalist, worked as a commentator. Right now, I'm at Australian Associated Press as a as a sports journalist or, or reporter, and I've been there for about four years now. So yeah, you, you find your way. So that's that's the short version of it. Yeah, so how did your high school like help support you during this journey? And did they also like support your like sports side of things? How did you balance both sports and your interest in commentating? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't really do any commentating until I got to uni or like late uni or I was just finishing. But yeah, I think the best thing my school did was um, not complain too much when I changed subjects um, and said, "No, I don't really want to. Don't really want to do chemistry. It's not my strength. But I much prefer writing." So I did that. I, I sort of just loved like going to the footy, and I played. I played sport all the way through. I played a lot of soccer. I captained my school soccer team, and I played um, tennis since I was a kid. And, did swimming and those sorts of things. Um, so they, they just sort of came naturally to me. But I think when I was in year 12 and I wasn't really thinking sports journalist, I was like, I just want to just want to write. So that's sort of where we yeah we got to. And then when I, once I got to uni, that was when I sort of went, oh, no, actually, I, it's the sports stuff that I really enjoy, like going to, going to games and talking to people about sport. And yeah, um, dealing with that. So it's sort of gradual. But, yeah, my, my school helped me just in terms of, being able to make those decisions to, to change subjects and not locking me into something that I didn't necessarily enjoy and sort of understanding where my strengths lay. I think that that's really important is, um, yeah, I still did maths. I did maths methods and um, I think I did biology in year 11, but like leaning into what I was strong at and what I was good at and what I enjoyed, I think was really important and, and feeling supported and that was important too. 
Um, so we just want to ask, like, uh, because like you have been like progressing through this industry since like you were in university, uh, and you've climbed your way up to one of like the very top positions. So what is some advice you want to give to like new newer journalists coming in, or maybe even something you would like to say to your younger self? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I get asked this every now and then. I think the big thing is just, it sounds cliche, but, but believe in yourself, um, especially as you guys know, you, you're a fantastic school um, full of really talented young women. It's, it's knowing that you belong. Um, sports can be quite a male-dominated industry. And um, it, it's not so, say, like outwardly sexist as maybe it would have been, or as it would have been, sorry, 20 years ago. Um, like I think in uni you had a couple of people sort of say, oh, no, you can't go in this change room, you can't do this or whatever. It's more you may not have the same connections. You're not going to go for a round of golf with, with footballers or whatever, right? But it's believing that, um, yeah, it's, it's believing. So going, no, I, I belong here and I can do this just as well as anyone. Actually, I can probably do it better, right? Like it's having that that belief in yourself that you, you belong in these positions and you can really excel. And I think that's probably what I would have said to myself, like back yourself because you know you can do it and yeah i've managed to yeah work my way through um and get to a position that i'm, I'm really proud of so yeah i think that would be it just back yourself in yeah speaking of male dominated industries what hardships have you faced in your career and do you think it's a result of your gender I think I'm in quite a lucky position now in the sense that uh, maybe as i sort of alluded to before 20 years ago you had some real um some pioneers in the in the industry that would have um copped really open blatant sexism like no you can't come into this space you, women don't know about sport you can't do this and you, you're gonna have a few people who still say that but it's remembering that they're, they're the minority i think now it's more sort of subtle things like um as i said you might not have the connection of being in the same sort of group of boys going out for meals or drinks or having rounds of golf out on the course with with football you don't have those connections you sort of have to build them a different way um and i think the other thing is uh, when you go into the sports media industry for example oh this was 2023 right and there'll often be the case where i'll go to a press conference for cricket or football um, australian rules football afl and be the only woman in the room asking questions or filing on the match so there's that. Um, I'm like, as I said, there's been some, some pioneers like Kelly Underwood as a, as a commentator. You've got a, a Tracy Lee Holmes at the ABC who've been around for a, a really long time. But yeah, that, that's probably the main thing. There isn't so much maybe outward aggression. You might cop it more from, say, some fans or whatever, but it's important to remember that you're the one that knows what they're doing. They're not. Um, I think there's a, there's a level of that in terms of impeding your progress. I've been very lucky in that I've had some editors who are very, um, very supportive and really backed me to, to excel. But yeah, I think it's that overwhelming feeling sometimes you can be in a press conference or in a situation and you do have men who talk over each other. Like, you, you guys would have experienced that in, in any sort of social situation. So, again, it's sort of backing yourself and holding your ground and not being afraid to to be the one to talk. So, yeah, it, it has been challenging. I've been very lucky that I've had some support and some great people around me. But, yeah, you, you, have, you really learn to hold your own and, and have to not be intimidated. 
Um, okay, and so for those who have just tuned in, you are listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live um, from McRob Vincent Girls High School. I'm your host, Elo, and my co-hosts are Casey, Jasmine, and Ria. And we are joined by Anna Harrington, who is currently working as a sports commentator for the AAP. Um, so I was just um, wondering, so you've already achieved so much in your like uh, sports commentating journey, but do you have any future aspirations or like goals you want to achieve in the future? Yeah, of course, of course. I think everyone does. You, I think if you if you just settle on what you're doing and stay still, you, you miss out on things. So you guys will know it's a super exciting year for Australian women's sport. We're going to have the World Cup here, the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. So one thing I'm super excited about is um, I'm going to be covering that for, for AAP. So that'll involve basically being in the Matildas camp. That'll be, um, you know, following, well, not literally in their camp, but up, up where they are at the same time, following their training, doing the press conferences, doing the games, doing other matches. So I did that in 2019 as well in France, sort of followed where the Matildas were and covered them. Um, and I've done a couple of other events like the Commonwealth Games. I went to the Winter Paralympics in China last year, which is interesting in the closed loop. It was very sort of shut down. But to follow on from that, I think an Olympics would be fantastic. Also a men's World Cup. These are two things I've not I've not done. So they'd be the sort of things that I'd love to cover, those sort of big events where you, you go overseas and you either work as a team or you work one out and you you're under pressure and you you're covering big stories, big players, big games or top athletes. So yeah, those sorts of things I think are the sort of milestones I'd really like to kick off. Maybe uh go overseas at some point and do some work there, but yeah, those big events are what you really um you sort of hang your hat on as a journalist is getting to cover those things. So yeah, that that'd be what I'd like to do next. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. And speaking about, you know, covering live footage of these sports and not literally following following these players, have you ever had like what's your favorite interview with like perhaps a sports player or a fellow podcaster? And what did what was like one of the key takeaways you got from them? Yeah, that's that's actually that's a really good question. Um I've been lucky to to cover lots of different athletes. Um, I One like cool sort of moment where you go, oh, how am I doing this is, I think I've done a couple of us, I've done four Australian Opens now actually, and going in and doing a press conference and asking questions of Serena Williams was a really like, oh my God, <laughs> sort of moment for me. And I don't think it was even that interesting a question, right? She had like a shoulder injury or something, so it was asking about that. So when you ask, or like I've done some press conferences with like a rapper on the dial or those sorts, that's been incredible. Personal interviews, I've really enjoyed a lot of the women's soccer ones I've done. I've done a couple of um, sort of one-on-one chats where it's just me talking with Sam Kerr, for an example, um, who I've, I've covered women's football for the last sort of 10 years. So I know I know a lot of these players, not, not like super well, but I've, you know, worked with them a lot. So I've got to talk to some of them about their sort of highs and lows and some of the struggles they've had to go through to make it to where they are today. Like a lot of people don't know, for example, Sam Kerr had a couple of really almost career-threatening injuries early in her career. Um, So he's talking about those sorts of things. Then you see a player like that come out the other side to be a global superstar. It's awesome. Um, I've also been lucky to see things like your AFLW and your A-League women that develop. So players go from sort of... Well, not even semi-professional, almost amateur level to professional in such a, a short space of time has been 
has been really rewarding. Um, And yeah, sometimes you just, uh, it's just the personal stories that you hear from, from players when they're talking about athletes, talking about their, their mental health or their different struggles or um, their journeys. That's, that's what's a really rewarding part of my job. And yeah, it's it's hard to actually pinpoint one or two, but yeah, those, those probably stand out. Yeah. So where can we access your interviews? Like, do you... Oh, here we go. Um, So I work for Australian Associated Press, which is like a subscription newswire. So the Age or Channel 7 or whatever, look it up. AAP.com.au is where that is. I also am on a women's football podcast by ESPN called the Far Post Podcast, which just focuses on, you know, Matildas, A-League women, Women's Soccer League, all those sorts of things. That'll get pretty busy in the lead up to the World Cup. So um, any any of you guys got tickets? Go to the World Cup? No, not you, no, not you. Oh, I need to get it, need it, need to get yeah. on to get your parents to sort you out. Yes, yes. There'll be some good games in Melbourne, so Definitely. that'll be um a, a big event. So yeah, that that would be where you find me, aap.com.au or on ESPN's The Far Post Podcast. Yeah. yeah, so did you have a role model when you decided to start pursuing your career as a journalist? Yeah, actually, it's funny. It's um, I sort of looked to a few different ones. Like when I was reading The Age, for example, growing up, you had um, a lot of them were AFL journalists like um, Caroline Wilson or Emma Quayle or um, Sam Lane, who all had their roles. And then I spent some time at Fox Sports as well, so I got to know a few people like Kelly Underwood's obviously um, a real pioneer in terms of commentating. They're probably some of the ones that, that really stand out um, in terms of how uh, they're not afraid to go into a male-dominated area, um, especially like Carolyn Wilson, Kelly Underwoods, and, and really make it their own and stand out and work work really hard to get to where they are. And that's that's what I sort of referred to before, where you have people who have to go and, you know, sort of um, break that glass ceiling and, and make things easier for everyone else and really had people try and stand in their way purely because they were women in this male-dominated environment. So it's one of those things where you've always kind of got to be thankful for for people who did that before you. Um, but, yeah, they'd, they'd probably be some of them. Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily write the same way or when I've done commentating or presenting, do it the same way, but you, you draw on what, on what they do and then you pick up little things from elsewhere through your career and, yeah, the writing styles or the way people pick up news or the way you ask questions. And at the same time, you kind of try and do it your own way as well, right? Like you, you can't control what your personality is like. Like I'm not a super aggressive journalist like some people would be, but I also don't like to just sit back, right? So you have your own way of asking questions, your own way of writing, your own way of doing all these things. So it's good to have those sort of role models, but you also need to kind of find your own path to an extent as well. Um, and sort of just like building off of that, um, has anything else inspired you in your career, like specific people or anything? Yeah, um, I think I kind of alluded to it before, like the, the athletes, I think, and watching the game. I have actually another role model and a great person is, um, she doesn't put her name out there, is Anne O'Donnell, who's currently the media manager for the Matildas, but was originally one of the sort of pioneers of writing about women's football. She used to run a place called The Women's Game. It's now called Beyond 90, but she doesn't work in that sort of journalism field anymore. But she was one of the original sort of people in terms of holding people to account, pushing for coverage of the women's game and, um, yeah, making sure that it was heard. And I learned a lot from someone like Anne who worked so hard and was really doing it on the side. I think she was working as a lawyer and then doing that on the side to just cover women's football, going to tournaments off her own bat, you know, paying her own way. 
and she covered multiple World Cups. Now, yeah, she works with the with the Matildas directly, but someone like that um, really showed me uh, the value of these stories. And um, when you actually get to work with these athletes, and when I first started, sort of, it was near the end of my uni, 2013, or when I was just graduating, 13, 14, it was, um, yeah, seeing these sort of athletes and how well they carried themselves, how well they spoke, their incredible stories, how much stuff they were juggling, um, and still able to excel on the field was was really um, something that sort of captured my imagination. And it's been great to see that go from players sort of juggling study and work and that, like, your, your step cappies, your, um, I mentioned Sam Kerr before, but Caitlin Ford, all that sort of juggling things. And now they're full professionals. They're playing for teams like... Arsenal or Chelsea or you've got say Ellie Carpenter at Lyon in France and they're able to just be pros and that's that's been really exciting for me to to watch to watch it just explode so yeah that's been pretty pretty inspirational right like knowing that yeah it's the game's valued the same way as the men's now oh maybe not by everyone but it's certainly just exploded in value yeah um, just um, building on to uh, what you just mentioned, do you hope, like, is that one of the goals to be able to directly work with, like, a sporting team like the Matildas in the future? Or do you want to keep doing what you are doing currently? Yeah, a lot of a lot of journalists do go into that more PR, marketing and comm side. I, I worked a little bit in one of the footy clubs at Melbourne Footy Club when I was a bit younger in sort of social media and marketing. I think right now it's not something I'd want to do, maybe in the future. It's, it's a... They're super demanding jobs. They're um, people do a lot of work. They have to handle all the journalists like me asking them for interviews and questions and for big stories and all those sorts of things. And, and they've got to manage the players, the coaches, deal with sponsors. So they're, they're big jobs. Like, it's exciting. It's it's kind of the other side of the business. And the nickname for it is the dark side. If you go into PR, so I've done a little bit of that. I think right now I love what I do, so I probably wouldn't look to, but it's it's a really super valuable job and uh, maybe in the future, but not right now. Um, yeah, and you also mentioned about how it's really good to see that women's league has been like viewed more. Do you think that's like similar in terms of like journalism in general? Like has do you think the industry has come to respect women more in a sense? I think so. I think especially in broadcast, if you watch like the footy or the cricket or uh, soccer, there's a lot more female presenters, there's more play-by-play commentators. We're, we're growing in number um, in the press box as well in terms of the written media. We've, we've certainly got more. I think there's still a way to go um, and that's contingent on outlets um, and media organisations being, I think, more active in terms of getting, say, more women or non-binary or um, people of colour into into media because it has been a very traditionally uh, white male sort of space. And if you if you look at some press conferences, you'll, you'll notice that, like, it's um, very samey. Um, so it is sort of... Um, it was imperative on all of us, right, including those of us who are lucky enough to be in the industry now to sort of give that hand to pull up more people and get more people in. Um, but we're, yeah... I think there is it is more welcoming for women. You still probably do need to do that bit more work to get in, but some workplaces are really actively trying to get more in. Others could do better. Um, as I say, um, I'm lucky that I've got a lot of support and I work with um, Melissa Woods as well, who's a super respected journalist who does a lot of NRL and um, rugby union and also has done a lot of major events for us as well to sort of look to as someone who's just by pure excellence been able to... Um, achieve for a long time. So yeah, uh, the short answer is yes, I think it's getting better, but I still think we've still got a long way to go, right? We can only just keep on getting better and 
diversify media more and more and that's that's something we've got to do yeah Yeah, i completely agree um speaking about external factors and like expectations as young teenagers in high school we're we're often faced with like society's pressure and not just society but like also from within our families so in high school and in your tertiary education how did your parents and like your extended family play a role in shaping your career path like did they guide you did they set any expectations and how Mm -hmm. can you give us advice relating to that yeah for sure um as I'm sure you know, some people sort of follow the same path that their family do. No one in my family ever did media or work in sports. Um, my dad worked in agriculture. My mum is a midwife, and they're great um, career paths. Um, wasn't wasn't for me. My sister's a physio, so we're all we're all different. And my brother works in like youth work, so we're very different career paths all round. And I think the key for us is that we were always supported to do what we care about and find our own. Feet. Like I said, I, I think I caused them nightmares by changing subjects heaps in year 12, just like the careers counsellors. But it was all about don't mind what you do so long as you're happy and you enjoy it and, you know, you you strive to do what you can in that field. And I think that's, that's the key for anyone. And I, that can be difficult because, you know, sometimes there might be, or if you're, I, like I did quite well at school, right, in my marks. So sometimes you guys can probably understand this with your school. You have people say, oh, you get good marks. Don't you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer? Or, But sometimes that's just not your path, right? Um, that's not what you love. So it's it's finding the thing that you you care about and that you're passionate about because you're always going to do well at something that, that you like. Um, and I have one of my best friends is a doctor and loves it. And I think I sort of looked at that and went, oh, that'd be cool, and then realised this isn't the stuff I love. This isn't the stuff I love writing. And, you know, there's sort of um, a bit of the academia, but more things like history, politics, international studies, all that. And then I, I love sport as well. So that sort of came into it later on. But, yeah, I think just being supported to do what I liked and what I enjoyed and what I was good at really, really helped. So that would be my advice to, to you guys. And I know sometimes there can be pressure. Um, you can put it on yourself or someone else can put it on you to be like, I'm getting really good marks and I'm going to go to school and I've got to try and get into this or I've got to think about this uni or that. I think um, the other thing is it, it can take a while. Like I know people who are in the same industry as me that went and studied a law degree first and then they've gone and changed careers to journalism. Or um, I know I have good friends that have done things like did my journalism degree and then went and did teaching because that's what they love, right? So you have things like that, like... At the end of the day, we all we all figure out our own path. So just having people in your corner that support you to do that—that's what you—that's all you need, really. Thank you. I think that's um, really really inspiring. Uh, so, but sadly, that's all we have time for today. <laughs> so I'd just like to thank our guest Anna. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for having me, Gus. Fantastic pod. I really enjoyed coming on board. Uh, Live from the Mac Robinson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her Live on MacRob Live. My name is Ilo and my co-hosts were Casey, Jasmine and Ria. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found this information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you.